We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. we gonna see him soon. You feel me? Welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads Podcast from Ramstock Radio, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Ribeiro here as always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, you know, it feels fitting today. I think we can officially do this. Uh, Barring me just forgetting to do my job on this podcast next week, I think we finally have to officially retire the Sean Payton soundbite this week. It feels like an end of an era but it feels like time, because even though he's still talking that shit, we will not see him soon as he has stepped down as head coach of the Saints. Makes you wonder where he's going to end up at. Hopefully, I he's doubt coach. he's done coaching. Yeah, I, I would love to see him end up in uh, maybe like Seattle because he's a bad coach and he'll get exposed as fraud. Yeah. <laughs> The hatred is real. The uh, Sean, uh, fun fact about Sean Payton: he's the only. Co- this is a true fact. The only coach in NFL history to be suspended by the league. Only head coach. Sorry. Wow. Only one. There's one. It's him. Uh, that, so nope. That is interesting. Uh, other coaches, other head coaches have been suspended. Well, only one, and it was a team suspension. Uh, a handful of coaches have been suspended by the league for other reasons, though the vast majority of the coaches suspended by the NFL were coaches on Sean Payton's staff. So good for him. Good riddance. Uh, wish him the best of luck. Can't wait to see Kevin James play him in a movie, I guess. Uh, <laughs> bigger fish to fry this week, obviously. Huge weekend of football, uh, arguably the best playoff weekend of football in the history of the league, and the Rams came out victorious against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, thirty to twenty-seven. 
in a just wild game. I was I went to Tampa for this game. It was nuts. Uh, I feel like I must have just I must I must have just like mentally blacked out during the fourth quarter, Johnny. Uh, I I was a little little drunk, but I wasn't blackout drunk. I can promise you that. Uh, but I just forgot <laughs> how just how rough the fourth quarter was like i i remember obviously i knew they blew the lead but uh boy was it worse than i even remembered watching it from the seats so so what gave it away was it the many dropped footballs or the lack of creativity in the play calling i i think i wrote a bullet list of ways we blew this game most of them were in the third and fourth quarter and it's like 10 plays long of just ways the Rams attempted to hand this game to Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, I I guess they had so much respect for Tom Brady that they really wanted him to go on to the NFC Championship game. But luckily, (laughs) the the Bucs were, or at least the Bucs secondary, just didn't really want to continue. (laughs) The the real, like, like, I remembered most things happened, but the real thing I forgot was that the Rams actually like stop them when they were driving down the field with four and a half minutes left up 14, they get a stop and they still blow it. Uh, my God, man, that was, that was tough, but boy, I would arguably worth it to get what we got to end that game, man. Just unbelievable stuff. And I mean, if we're going to start anywhere, just a big, big shout out to Matthew Stafford, never lost his cool. Uh, the one game where he's not turning the ball over like a madman, the team still has four turnovers. Only one of them can even be mildly attributed to him. And he just, we meant, we've we mentioned the bad habits he picked up in Detroit through his career, but I guess the best habit he picked up was he just never had anything to lose. So he never uh, just quits or gets in his own head or gets down on himself during games because he'll just go out there every drive no matter what happens on the previous possession on offense or on defense, he'll just go out there and fucking ball out, man. Uh, the the, la- the last two throws he had in this game were just incredible. Obviously, the, the bomb to Cooper Cup to, to seal the deal. Just an insane play by both of them. And, I mean, man, it's now, – now I think we can finally say that we can be completely content with the Jared Goff trade, bring in Matthew Stafford, give up two picks because – Here's the results showing themselves in the biggest stage possible right now. Really, the uh, past two games in the playoffs, I feel like we've seen the best of Matt Stafford in, in this season. It's Matthew. I, I don't. Huh? It's Matthew. Ah, I mean, I just shortened his name. It's his name. <laughs> Lions fans were very adamant when we traded for him that his name is Matthew. Well. <laughs> Excuse me, Lions fans. Uh, okay, so Matthew Stafford. I feel like we, we've seen the best football from Matthew Stafford in in this two playoff games than we've had all season long. I I, I think that's pretty safe to say. Yeah, I, I, I at least two of them. Uh, I mean, just monster performances. And, you know, today, like, Sunday, not not a perfect performance, totally, but as near a perfect performance as you can get. Um, I was surprised that his QB rating and his pro football focus rating weren't, you know, 
I guess 121 ratings, pretty good. 67 QBR, 28 to 38, 366 yards, two touchdowns. Just my God, man, everything we could have wanted and more through these two playoff games. Like there's not really much to add. You know, if he's not turning the ball over, I I don't see us losing. You know, I I genuinely don't, especially next week. uh, If he has a clean game. We got to win. I mean, we'll talk about that. Somehow we got to play the fucking 49ers again. But uh, we'll talk to that at the end of the pod. But, I mean, man, e- even if – you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I even feel good about playing the Chiefs, man. It's They they just look – like, he looked so good in this game, and obviously there are things that happen in this game that cannot happen. But I, I put this out on Twitter today. You know, I've been saying all year, and I think you've been echoing me as well, like the Rams had a lot of games against not so good teams where they did a bunch of stupid bullshit to end the game, almost blew a lead and still were able to come away with the game despite making so many mistakes. And we kept saying, you know, that's not going to fly in the playoffs. Well, here we are. It's the playoffs. They did the same shit and they still won the game against Tom fucking Brady. It's like things are going too right. Like to an extent right now, like it's just wild. It's um, I I feel like it, it's so bizarre seeing the tales of two halves here, because the first half was fucking flawless. Like I, if you look at at how efficient the Rams were on both sides of the football, you'd think that they could put the Bucks away and, and win by like fifty points. Like they were playing that well. And somehow, in the second half, I I don't know. Maybe they just got too laxed, or I I really don't have an explanation for it. Hell, I don't even think the Rams have an explanation for it. They just somehow forgot how to play football in the second half, you know. And, and I can I can live with a few mistakes because. They're human after all. But like some of these mistakes were so avoidable and was so laughable to see seeing some of those mistakes this late in the game in a playoff game. It it was ridiculous. Like I'd I'd laugh just so I wouldn't fucking cry. (laughs) It it was so much worse than I remembered sitting there because I feel like sitting in the seats like I very quickly went from like we're going to be okay, we're going to be okay, we're going to be okay, too. We're about to lose this fucking game. Like, it just happened so quickly. Like, I felt I felt good for so long, and then it was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And the, the last five minutes, like, sometimes those things feel like an eternity. I feel like it went so quickly how quickly this game went to shit and then just came all the way back around in the other direction for us to win, just like how quickly that last sequence of events happened. Uh, I guess we could start with this because I, I I can go through my list of all the ways the Rams attempted to blow this game. Uh, really, the only thing in the first half that contributed to this was uh, late in the second quarter, Cam Akers fumbled on the two-yard line. There's like 20 seconds left. If he doesn't drop that ball, we could go up 27-3 to or at worst 23-3. to That likely, given what happened in the second half, uh, we were able to get a touchdown, puts the game away. Um, but wasn't meant to be. It was a tough fumble. Uh, I, I think honestly, it was a worse fumble 
than his second fumble in terms of actually taking care of the ball, but we can talk about that later. So let's run through this list. They're they're up 27 to 3 midway through the third quarter. Like 7 minutes left in the third, they take a 27 to 3 lead. <laughs> Cooper Cup fumbles late in the third, very uncharacteristic of him. You know, it can't happen, but at the same time he's the number one reason we're here. So you can't get too mad at him. Uh Darius Williams gave up a fourth and nine catch to Scotty Miller. Uh just keeps the forty or the the Bucks driving, but even after that happens, uh, <laughs> like a- after the touchdown drive, the the Bucks have go twenty seven to three to thirteen. Uh, Rams go three and out again. They punt. Fourth quarter just starts. Von Miller comes in, gets a huge strip sack, uh, gets all the momentum back in our on our way, and then immediately the next play. Brian Allen throws a snap over Matthew Stafford's head. It wasn't a bad snap. It was a poorly timed snap. Matthew Stafford wasn't looking for the ball. Ball goes 25 yards backwards. Stafford probably could have recovered it if he dove on the ball. But if you watch the replay, instead he just kind of like dives and like looks like he's trying to cut the defender's legs out. Uh, both of them probably share a bit of blame for that. You know, even if Stafford's not expecting the ball, you got to be a little more alert than that. Um, but they give the ball right back to them. And I, and even with that, on the next drive, they, the Bucks still go four and out on downs. 12 minutes left in the game. And even on that play, Eric Weddle almost blows it by uh, getting an unnecessary headshot on, I believe it was Mike Evans. It happened after the play. It was actually the right call, even though it's kind of ridiculous that the Rams got the ball back there. But even that happens, they do that. They drive down the field. Uh, long drive. They're up 14 with the ball. Six and a half minutes left. Matthew Matt Gay. Uh, I almost called him Matthew. Uh, misses an uncharacteristic 40-yard field goal, really out of the blue. Again, he's one of the reasons we're here. You can't get that mad, but things are piling up. The craziest thing that I didn't remember was the Rams actually made a defensive stop on the next possession. Again, they're still up 27 to 13 with 426 left. Rams go three and out. They play pretty conservatively. Uh, I will say they did call a passing play on third down at least. Stafford didn't see anything. He throws it over to Sonny Michelle on the check down route. Listen, you're up 14 and you get the Bucks to use three timeouts and you at least call a passing play to see if something's there. I'm not going to hold McVay too poorly for that. Um, I mean, before I continue to rattle down this list, you said the coaching felt conservative. Did did you not like that sequence when we had the ball there uh, and just made him take the timeouts? Well, here's the thing. I, I understand a lot of what Sean McVay tries to do, especially when they had, you know, such a, a high lead. But at the same time, it you could tell that when they started playing a little bit differently, uh, I say more conservatively, you could tell that the offense was out of sync. And I feel like that's the number one reason as to why a lot of these turnovers happen. Not all of it, don't get me wrong, but things like running running the ball, when you have no creativity and you you pretty much everyone in the building knows that Sean McVay is going to run the football against one of the best run defenses in the league. 
of course they're going to try and strip Cam Akers. You know, that that to me is what pissed me off more than anything, is you have this rhythm, you have everything going very, very well for the team, and you throw it out of sync by playing so damn conservatively. Yeah, but I mean, in their defense, they did at least, like, I, I was it the 49ers game where they just ran heavy set three plays in a row and just didn't even come close Yeah, um, in a similar situation? At least they come out of gun and th- call a passing play. And, you know, you can't I, – I was glad they looked to pass. But, again, like, you, you shouldn't – this shouldn't be a situation where you throw the ball 50 yards down the field to Van Jefferson and double coverage or some shit like that. Like, I, I was fine with them at least calling the passing play. Nothing's there. Uh, he checks it down. It is what it is that you get him to use the timeouts. But even after this, Bucks come down the field uh, very quickly because – Jalen Ramsey gets cooked in single coverage on a Mike Evans deep pass. Usually I would be fine with leaving Jalen Ramsey in single coverage because he's Jalen Ramsey, but you're up 14. Uh, If there's ever a time to have safeties over the top, they have no timeouts left and needed two touchdowns. Come on. Somebody's got to be there to help him out. Uh, He's the best player on the field, Mike Evans, for them. That one was tough to swallow, and it's Ramsey. You know, again, we're naming a lot of players in this list that don't usually make mistakes and are fucking it up for us. Uh, he scores a touchdown. They come back. They play conservatively. In this situation, it's a little different because they have no timeouts. Um, and honestly, if Cam Akers doesn't fumble the ball, he might pick up the first down and end the game because he's running really well in this series. And he fumbles it. Uh, Tommy on the on the Ramsuck pod yesterday mentioned – you know, this was a big time play by Anamakan Sue, more on him, less than Cam Akers, less on Cam Akers, and I agree, but doesn't feel good to fumble that late in the game. The Bucks turn around, get a touchdown, or the Bucks turn around, it the Rams even still playing well. It's third and ten. Cameron fucking Brait beats David Long and Eric Wood on a play. And then Tom McVay takes a timeout, gives the refs a chance to review the fourth and one call they go to the booth they ultimately don't overturn it but it's just again like the McVeigh's school timeout management out in full force uh during these last couple weeks bucks come back and score the next play anyway it doesn't even matter uh they didn't overturn the call ultimately maybe the timeout call won us the game because we get enough time that whole fucking laundry list of things we did wrong and Stafford connects with Cooper Cup two plays in a row. They spike the ball. Matt Gay hits the game-winning kick. The rest is history. But Jesus, man, it's a laundry list of things that they did wrong. It's a lot of players involved, and it's just scary because we're going into another game where even though I we are the better team than San Francisco, they're hot right now. They have our number. We already blew a lead to them earlier in the season. You got to do better than what they did after they took that 24-point lead. 24 is a lot of points. They gave themselves just enough cushion to survive, and they really almost blew it. But it just I, I don't even know like what to make of this. It was such a fucking colossal fuck-up. I'm just still shocked that they actually, A, that it actually happened at all, and B, that they were actually able to come together and pull it out, which is a testament to them as a team. And a testament, too, to this defense, they they played out of their minds because, really, the offense was doing everything they could to set them up for failure. But 
I, I don't even know, man. Like, what do you, what do we even take away from that fourth quarter? I don't even know what to sit here and say about it. I just think that the the Rams will be okay if they continue to play like they do in the first half. That means everything. That means down from the play calling to the execution. Obviously, I don't expect the Rams to continue the you know four turnovers. That that's probably that's probably something they're gonna try to avoid. Uh, I, I I mean I would hope so anyway, but I, I think the turnovers can be lessened. I, I would hope so. The ultimate thing from here, exactly like they do from quarter one to quarter four, and I think if they do that, that the Rams win and maybe win, you know, decisively. I I am I'm sick I'm sick and tired of seeing conservative style play, you know? I I I understand that it wasn't as bad as the week 18 loss to the 49ers uh in terms of the play calling, but it, you know, it's still being altered in a way that it doesn't look like the same team that initially starts the game. And if it's to be respectful to the other teams, fuck the respect, you know, disrespect them. This, this is football after all, you know, (laughs) run up the fucking score to 50 points. If you have to, you know, because obviously playing conservatively is not getting the job done, get the job done, move on to the Super Bowl. That is the goal. Yeah, it's it's tough to like. It's just because the like the reason they blew this lead was because they couldn't stop turning the ball over, and all th- all four fumbles in this game were uncharacteristic fumbles. Uh, Stafford and Brian Allen haven't had issues snapping the ball this season. Cooper Cup never fumbles. Uh, Cam Akers fumbled one time last season, and so it's not like he has a fumbling problem. Uh, you know, not even just lost fumbles. Like he literally, if if I'm reading Pro Football Reference correctly, he had one fumble last year. Period. Uh, he lost it in Week 17 against against the Niners. So it's it's not like he didn't have a fumbling problem. Cooper Cup doesn't have a fumbling problem. Matthew Stafford and uh, Brian Allen didn't have a, a problem connecting. If it was, uh, you know, if, if Stafford threw three picks in this game, then I'd be more concerned long term than what we saw, it just, like, it just kind of feels like an act of God. Like, I don't understand how this happened. Uh, it's just, th- this game had to get made entertaining. Brady, if this is it for him, I personally don't think it is, but he got one last little jolt of Brady magic in there. And you're right, like, you know, if the Rams are up 24 points with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter against the 49ers, they're not losing. There's no fucking way. The Chiefs, maybe. The Bengals, maybe. Uh, but they're not losing next week if they come out in the first half, play like this on all sides. And it's <laughs> I, I like I feel good, I guess. I feel a lot there's so much more positives to take out of this game than negatives. It's just a giant shit storm of things that happened in the fourth quarter that made us almost lose the game. And the odds of all of these things happening again are so low. They're so low. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is. It is. Um, It's like you said, it's not very common to see uh, the Rams turn over the ball in this manner, you know, And, and the fact that really none of this is kind of like how the turnovers have been accumulating in the past, meaning like a very careless, you know, throws by Matthew Stafford or ill-advised throws from Stafford, you know, really none of these with the exception of maybe the miscommunication between him and Brian Allen, none of these was a direct result of Matt Stafford. And that to me is is huge progress because uh, I mean even down to some of his decision making you you've seen him do something that he hasn't done all season which is throw the football away you've also seen him you know take the sack you know uh, it sucks when it happens but I, I'd much rather you know live to see another down rather than a pick six you know um, and and really I feel like that's that's going to be the key factor of the Rams winning this football game is to limit the turnovers, obviously. The turnovers are bad regardless. But limit the turnovers, make better decisions. Stafford has been fantastic in making decisions uh, the, uh, the past two games in the playoffs. If he continues that into this game, I think the Rams will be more than fine, you know? Uh and of course, finish the fucking game. That's the that's the main thing. Finish the game. Yeah, man, it's tough. And I mean, the defense was like, there's a lot of th- plays they didn't make in the second half, but they made a lot of plays in the second half. Uh, they three possessions in a row. Uh, they forced a fumble. They forced a turnover on downs. They forced a turnover on downs. Uh, the offense just couldn't like the, the if if Stafford doesn't fumble the snap, this game doesn't get close. If Matt Gay doesn't miss that field goal, this game doesn't get close. If Cam Akers doesn't fumble at the end of the game, this game doesn't get close. It's just somehow all three of those things happen, and I mean this is where we are. But I uh, I don't know. It's it's just I think it says more that they still won this game given everything that happened than the fact that all this shit happened. Um, I will give them a lot of props for not folding, for doing everything they, they could to, even though they were shooting themselves in the foot a lot, they they 
continued to press on and, and pulled it off. Um, let, Let's go through some individual performances in this game. I uh, just, we don't, it's like Cooper cup, man, just a fucking ungodly performance out of war, out of this world. Uh, he is probably, you know, I've been hesitant to say it all year because there's a lot of talented players in the NFL right now, but he is looking like he's the best receiver in football and is certainly playing like he's the best receiver in football. Nine catches, 183 yards, one touchdown, two of the biggest plays in franchise history maybe during this game for him. Uh, The most receiving yards by a Rams player in a playoff game since Tom Fears in 1950. So basically the most by a modern era Ram passing Isaac Bruce uh, in the Super Bowl against Tennessee at 162. Uh, just he came through every time we needed him. Like That's what it felt like. And he, to me, the, is the number one reason we won this football game. We said all this stuff about Stafford, but <laughs> Stafford doesn't do, do all this without Cup, man. He's just on another level right now. There's not much more we could say. If they voted for the MVP after the playoffs ended, he'd win the MVP. Without a doubt. And he is the best receiver in football. I'll say that. <laughs> You're not going to argue it for me today. How can I? <laughs> How can I, man? Um, Cam Akers, obviously we talked about the two fumbles. I, I mean, are you with me that, like, I, I don't think he has a fumbling problem. I think he's going to lose a lot of sleep this week. Based that he had those two fumbles, and I don't really foresee this being an issue. Sean McVay didn't. Sean McVay said he has full confidence in him. They played him the whole fucking game, so you know I would like to see him get a little less of the snap share next week. But clearly, they're confident in him. I think it's more of a fluke that he had these two fumbles. Uh, even though the numbers don't jump off the page for him, he only averaged two yards a carry. He looked good running the ball for the most part, uh, and played well in the passing game. And clearly, based on the snap share for him, he's their guy, and they're not going to lose faith in him. And maybe let's get Sonny Michelle and Daryl Henderson a little more in the mix than Cam. I, I could pull up Cam Akers' snap count in a second, but uh, dude played almost the entire game, eighty-one uh, percent of the snaps in this game. So clearly, he's their guy, and I, I view this more of a fluke than anything that he fumbled twice. My only concern in all of this is if he loses confidence, uh, because in terms of a fumbling problem, I don't, I, I agree. I, I don't believe that he has a fumbling problem. It, it just, you know, it happens, happens to the best of, of the running backs in the league. So my, my only concern is this, this is a guy that did come back from a major injury. Um, I'm hoping that this doesn't, you know, live rent head that he just, you know, brushes it off, say, Hey, this is a new week. Um, you know, try and try and do the best he can, which I'm sure he will. But, uh, as long as it kind of gets it out of his head a little bit and just be the cam makers, we know he can be, uh, even, you know, before he fumbled the football, he was doing a, a decent job considering he was going up against, you know, one of the better run defenses in the NFL. Yeah, man, and it's the the first fumble. Like, you, you just gotta hold. Like, you just gotta hold the ball tight. It's really all it comes down to on both of these. Um, you know, the the second one, you got to be a little more protective of the ball in that situation. But in his defense, it was a great play by Nadam Gensu, who's a borderline Hall of Famer. So, it, it, you, 
I don't think he's going to lose confidence over this. And I think the team will do everything they can to make sure he doesn't because clearly he just they, they believe in him, and as they should. Uh, besides the fumbles, he's, he's looked really solid. Uh, other offensive notes. <laughs> How about Kendall Blanton getting a touchdown in the playoffs? I, I was just so stunned. I was like, are you sure that was Blanton? <laughs> He had another catch that was like a, a good catch, like not even just like being wide open, just like he made a play. Uh, two catches for 18 yards and a touchdown. I never thought I'd see that. And my major kudos to him. I mean, this is a guy that we weren't even sure was going to be on the roster at any point. Um, says a lot about Bryson Hopkins, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, man. Yes, it does. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about Odell this week other than, like, we wouldn't be here without him. Man, he's been huge. He's been so good. Yeah, uh, I, I, I got <laughs> I, I are you um, are you someone that watches TikTok a lot, Steve? I, I work in social media, so I, I have to a little bit. Uh, I, I got to be on the talk a little. Dude, there's a TikToker, goes by the name of Trap House Sports. You know, big shout out to this guy. I, I think he's one of the most hilarious tiktokers regarding the nfl ever um he he said it right when he when i'm I'm gonna quote him and saying he calls him oh hell no beckham and i'm like that's fucking brilliant because <laughs> I, I mean seriously literally some of these plays you're like oh hell no he made that play and and yeah he's oh hell no beckham like I, I'm I'm stunned. Like this, some of these catches he's making, you you think this is prime Odell, but you know, he he somehow still makes these plays. And I'm like, where have you been for like the past what four seasons? <laughs> I mean this this is the best he's looked in probably four or five years. Uh, you know, even better than probably his last season with the Giants. I really hope they could keep him, man. Uh, we'll see what happens. They have no money. We'll talk about that in a, in a couple weeks. Uh, hopefully not till late February because we're playing in the Super Bowl and don't need to. But he he definitely wants to be here. But I I also don't think he's going to take one million dollars. So I'm I'm sure the Rams would do everything they can to free up some money to to keep him around. I don't, th- I don't think there's a ton to say about the offensive line this week other than Joe Nopu played really well stepping in for Andrew Whitworth. And, you know, they gave up some sacks. They gave him some pressures. But when you're playing the Bucks, that's that's going to happen. You're not going to pitch a perfect game. So all things considered, they got the job done. Yeah, and this is all this is all without big wit. So um, even I, I have to say when I found out big wit wasn't able to go this week, I, I was – I was truly nervous because this is, this is a spectacular defensive front and uh, the fact that they were able to contain them, you know, big kudos to this offensive line. Hopefully this continues in San Francisco. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, I, I, I got faith it will. And let's go to the other side of the ball on the defensive line. You know, we have been saying that like, to ju- we said this last week, the, the the Von Miller trade, early on, his presence wasn't totally felt, and we gave up a lot to get him. So, you know, it was going to come down to how he played in the playoffs to know if that trade was worth it. And, I mean, boy, he is making it so that we will have absolutely no chance to bring him back 
based on how he's played the last two weeks because we will have no money to sign him. Uh, in this game, 10 pressures, a 93 grade on pro football focus. Uh, the strip sack was insane and ultimately amounted to nothing, unfortunately. But uh, just an incredible play by him. The Bucks were down their right tackle, Tristan Wirfs, their best, probably their best offensive lineman in this game. And Von Miller took advantage of it. He's going against a backup tackle, and it looked like he was going against a backup tackle. This is probably the the best football game he's played since uh, Super Bowl 50, where he won MVP. Guy is fired up. The, he's elevating the entire defensive line even more than Aaron Donald already has now that they're both there together. And, you know, we've said for this team to win uh, based on shortcomings in the secondary, which we saw on display in this game against a great quarterback and a, and a solid group of pass catchers, the defensive line needs to be absolutely elite in the pass rush. And they were again on Sunday. And Von Miller this week was more than Aaron Donald, the anchor behind that, even though Donald also had a fantastic game. Makes you question, though, because uh... – you know, some of these guys have, uh, I mean, obviously, you know that Aaron Donald's going to do his thing. You know, Von Miller's going to do his thing. But uh, the rest of the interior, or the rest of the defensive line, I should say, um, guys like Ashawn Robinson and Greg Gaines have stepped up tremendously to the point where the, the loss of Sebastian Joseph Day hasn't really been felt that much. You know, obviously, I think the Rams are better with him on the, um, you know, starting, but you know what? Uh, it hasn't really been that terrible without him. And it Gaines, also... Gaines has played better than Sebastian Joseph Day did this year. I don't think that's a controversial thing to say. And that's not I even wouldn't... a knock on SJD. He's just played really well. And, and that kind of brings up my, my point is, um, what it because uh, Sebastian Joseph Day wasn't able to go this week, obviously. But uh, if he's able to go against San Francisco, um, do you how often do you keep him out on the field? You wrote you rotate him as you need to, I think. You're, you're not taking gains out of a spot. Um, and it seems like, and I could I gotta pull up the snap counts, but it felt like in this game a lot they were playing um, like mo- like three edge rushers and just moving them around. Like it felt like there was multiple possessions where, and maybe this is just not true. Correct, Please correct me if this is not true. It felt like there were multiple possessions where you would get Floyd Miller and then also like Justin Hollins or Oboe. No, no, that's that's accurate. Um, I I uh, seen uh, quite a quite a bit of uh, Oboe and Hollins out there as well. Uh, so yeah, I would say that's accurate. Yeah, and uh, Oboe I think had a, had a ninety ninety pro PFF grade in this game, so good for him. Uh, like looking at looking at the snap share, Aaron Donald played a hundred percent of the snaps in this game, and Gaines actually played ninety seven. Uh. So maybe that's not totally true, <laughs> but uh, uh like I, I guess those two dudes just didn't come out the field. So, uh, but at the same time, Ashawn played thirty five percent, Obo played twenty four, Hollins played twenty one, uh, and Floyd played eighty nine, Miller played seventy five. So they all did play. Even Marcus Copeland sunk in there for three, three plays. Um, so that might be kind of true. 
Uh, but they they were they were mixing in a lot of guys in there. Maybe it was more five man rushes than than we usually see. And whatever they did, it worked. Uh, Raheem Raheem Morris is padding that resume for a chance to get another head coaching job. Man, Jesus. I, I mean, at this point, the, we can pretty much expect that uh, neither coordinators are going to be back next year. Yeah. Well, Vic Fangio got fired, so. There are targets out there, um, depending on some of these defensive coordinators, Brian Flores, too, if they don't get head coaching jobs, although I think Flores certainly will. Uh, I don't think Fangio is going to. I Um, think it's appropriate that I make a big announcement uh, right this second. Yeah, so um, I just got interviewed by the Houston Texans. I'm going to take the head coaching position for the Houston Texans. I, I shook Sean McVay's hand one time, and that was enough to get hired. So um, thank you for having me, Steve. It's been great being on Ramstock, but I got to go to Houston now. Man, Zach Taylor is coaching in the AFC Championship. We're getting poached. They're poaching everybody. <laughs> you you literally got this dude's quarterback coach, and he's in the AFC Championship. He turned the franchise around. How much of that is because of him? It's definitely more because they drafted Joe Burrow correctly, but he gets credit. He gets a good amount of credit for it, man. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury's got a franchise quarterback, and look at him. Uh, Taylor's doing a great <laughs> job. We were wrong. That's true. That's true. I, I, I mean, there's not much to argue there. I mean, Joe Burrow is 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 certainly a future franchise quarterback, if not already a he franchise is. quarterback. He definitely is. He is a fucking baller, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a way, I'm kind of rooting for him to get to the Super Bowl, man. Because, uh, well, first of all, the Bengals. I mean, would you ever predict the Bengals to be in the Super Bowl? This is the first time they've they've won a playoff game in my entire life. Was this year? (laughs) That's that's actually sadly true. 30, 30 years, right? It was 30 or 31. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm rooting for the guy, man. You know, you you want to see the ban- – you, you always want to see the underdog win it, it, except for when it comes against the Rams. But um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'd be – well, the Rams were underdogs this week te- – uh, this past week technically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as they should have been, they're on the road against Tom Brady. We all felt good, but – be kind of wild if they if they weren't the underdog. Um, other stuff on the defense, no takes on the inside linebackers, good or bad this week, which is great. Fine with it. We might get Ernest Jones back next week. Uh, definitely got to talk about the secondary. Start with the positives. Dude, Nick Scott played a fucking ball game. Uh, a guy who I did not think was good this year is making it look like he's really good in the playoffs so far. He played out of his mind. He really did, and that's 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 fantastic news considering that the Rams haven't had their original starting safeties play in the playoffs at all. So um, makes it a little bit easier. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get Taylor Rapp back this week uh, because I I don't know if I want to see Eric Weddle covering uh, guys like George Kittle out there. Yeah, I. Weddle, he did fine, um, considering he was on the couch for two weeks ago. You know, he made some mistakes, but 
you know, for a guy who hasn't played in two years and played 85% of the snaps against Tom Brady and the defending champs, it was okay. Uh, he could have been a lot worse. But, yeah, it wraps on track to play this week. So it seems like we're going to get him back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jalen Ramsey got beat up in this game, but, I mean, he's Jalen Ramsey. He's earned the benefit of the doubt. There's not really anything to take away there. Uh, More concerning, dude, Darius Williams was abysmal, Um, and we need him to be better than this because if, in theory, you have Ramsey kind of working on taking the best player on the field off the field when he's covering them. Obviously, it didn't happen today, or sorry, Sunday, but um, more or less he succeeds for the most part. You can't have Darius Wamsey getting victimized by Scotty Miller, dude. Like, it just can't be happening. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, he was essentially a liability in this game. He was a huge liability. And uh, that... That's disappointing considering this was a guy that, uh, you know, a, a year ago looked like a, a, a freaking pro bowler out there. So um, I, I don't know what, what happened, but I hope he figures it out really quickly because, yeah, uh, you, you better believe that the 49ers are going to look to expose that um, because, yeah, this game, Tom Brady made him look stupid out there. He really did. Tom Brady threw at him 14 times, uh, which is wild. Completed nine passes for 135 yards against Williams. Uh, he graded out 31.7 on pro football focus. For reference, Nick Scott got a 91.5. And I feel like we've read Scott in the 30s a lot this year. So good for him, man. Uh, Williams has got to be better. But in a game where Ramsey doesn't kind of get his ass beat a little bit, I, I think it's less of a liability. But like if we get away with next week with a win, there's going to be a lot of questions to answer for the secondary. Cause no matter who we play in the super bowl, if we get there, you're going to be going up against a really good quarterback and a really good group of receivers. Yeah. It's a, it's almost kind of like a pick your poison type of deal yeah. and a good group of receivers next week too. I will say uh, a lot of good pass catchers on 49ers, but not a good guy getting in the ball. Uh, we will get to that in a second. We do have to talk about uh, the special teams in this game, man. Uh, I was sitting uh, on the Bucks bench side in good seats in this game, so I wasn't trying to be too much of an asshole, but I made sure to scream anytime Matt Gay did something positive that the Bucks cut him and that they were idiots for cutting him, and I definitely screamed that one to suck up. Uh, missed his field goal or every time they kicked a kickoff out of bounds. So I predictably caught a lot of shit when Matt Gay missed the 40 yarder. Uh, <laughs> but I got my revenge at the end of the game and just got to scream about him uh, for like two minutes straight. Uh, but Matt Gay kicked us to the NFC championship. Brandon Powell, just an, an absolute monster again, literally making huge plays 
and yet somehow Cooper Cup is still out there returning punts in this game. But I don't feel like I don't feel like doing that one today. Uh, and Ben Skoranek, he he blew a downed punt, but in his defense, he downed one at the I think the five later in the game. Johnny Hecker played well. Uh, the 49ers, a huge reason they're in the championship is because their opponent last week had a horrible special teams unit. And we were trending in that direction for a while this year that that would be a uh, a thorn in our in our back this year. But they got it together and then some. Brandon Powell has really changed this unit. Uh, Johnny Hecker's been playing better as of late. And, you know, Matt Gay obviously has been great all year. Uh, it is great to not talk about this unit as a liability anymore. And I feel like we have it in a couple weeks. No, I mean, they've truly turned it around. They've become you know, one of the bright spots on this team. And it's like, where the hell were they, you know, the rest of the season? I I, I know Brendan Powell just kind of got to the scene, but uh, why hasn't Johnny Hecker been playing like this all season? Matt Gay, I mean, has been doing his thing all season long. That's why he's a pro bowler. But uh, Brandon freaking Powell, man, he, he's the savior, man. We, we didn't need to get, you know, some jerseys of – of Brandon Paul. I, I, I think it needs to happen. If he is a big punt return, if we make the Super Bowl and he is a big punt return and we win, I am buying a Brandon Powell jersey. I absolutely will. I feel like you're always upping the stakes each week and he somehow meets it. Well, yeah, I'm, I might. Uh, he's realistic. Uh, for our longtime listeners, down punts do not count for me getting a Ben Skoranek jersey. They don't. Count. <laughs> they don't count. Uh, Why people, not? A lot of a lot of people have given have, have asked me anytime I tweet about I'm doing a good play if I'm going to get the jersey. Uh, <laughs> doesn't count. Eighty yards. Eighty yards. Um, I, I I'm really hoping for eighty yards. Man. He never will. He never will. Uh, as he <laughs> should. Why Why are we throwing him the ball in the playoffs, man? We he shouldn't be getting targets. There's too many other good pass catchers around him. Um, hey, if he gets an 80-yard bomb, why not? <laughs> if if he scores an 80-yard bomb, I'm, I will buy the jersey immediately. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> d- d- did anything else you wanted to hit in this game? I feel like we hit pretty much everything. Nah, nah, we covered it all. Okay. Um, real quick, rapid fire before we get into the 49er game. Um. Andrew Whitworth and Taylor Rapp are expected to play this week. Uh, as mentioned before, Note Boom played well, replacing Whitworth, uh, but it seems like Whitworth's going to be back. Seems like T. Rapp's going to be back as well. Uh, rumors are Ernest Jones might get activated, um, but regardless, I feel like we know what to expect from all three of these guys. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they implement Jones if he comes back, considering that. Howard and Reader are playing decent. I think if Jones is 100%, he'll go back in and be the lead guy. But, um, you know, Reader's played in the playoffs before and he hasn't. So, yeah, I would expect a bit of a rotation, I feel like, if he is activated. Obviously, Taylor Rapp's going to be the starter. Andrew is going to be the starter if they're back. Yeah. Yeah, I I think of the, the guys that have been injured a little bit more long term, Ernest Jones is the guy you want back more than anyone. Uh, you know, at, at least from the guys that are realistic to return, you know, Robert Woods, unfortunately is not realistic to return, but, um, 
as far as, you know, guys like Sebastian Joseph Day and Daryl Henderson, I I don't know if they have they would have a huge role like Ernest Jones would. Yeah, and it seems like he's the most realistic, uh, according to what McVay's been playing, to come back and to play out of uh, the group of guys like Sebastian Joseph Day and Robert Rochelle and, and Daryl Henderson. I'd take Rochelle too, though. He'd be I, nice I mean, to have. Just... He'd be nice depth, but he, there's no way they jolt him back into the rotation, I feel like, at this point. I'll, I'll take anyone at this point uh, <laughs> too. Too, too many liabilities, man. I mean, it, yeah, too many liabilities. Well, uh, uh, let's talk about the NFC Championship. Uh, first of all, can we believe that the Packers didn't win this game? I uh, they lost thirteen to ten. The Forty ers didn't score any offensive touchdowns. Their only touchdown came on a blocked punt. Um. A lot of people are blaming. I saw a lot of Packers fans blaming their special teams. But listen, man, you've got Aaron Rodgers and you score 10 fucking points in a playoff game. That's on him, man. That's on him. I don't go blaming your special teams because they gave up one touchdown. You score 10 points with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback in the playoffs at home. You don't deserve to win the football game. Still, though, how demoralizing would that feel? When you have an excellent fucking performance by your defense, you know, the offense was disappointing, obviously. But then to lose the game on such a lucky play where they just essentially block a punt. Oddly enough, it was a former Ram. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Apparently, for all the shit we said about how they should have kept Corey Borgwes, apparently he's been, been bad. Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in in the end, um, it, it's got to be it's got to be very frustrating and demoralizing for Packer fans that th- this was such a lucky play way, and they win by this. You know, um, you know, not taking anything away from the Forty ers either, because at, on the other hand. They did limit Aaron Rodgers and, and a very talented Packers offense. So that is something to be said about that. But This is how they win games. It's by bullshit like this, just like sticking around long enough for the other team to, to blow it themselves. Pretty much. And it's it's a very common trend if you really go back and look at it. And, and, and I mean, credit to their defense, man. It's a hell of a performance by them to to hold Rodgers to 10 points. But, like, you look at the box score, it, it looks fake. Uh, like, the the four, the Packers receivers not named Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams had two catches for six yards and a fumble. Uh, like, Yikes. those were the only – Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams were the only guys getting thrown the football, which feels a little ridiculous. Uh, you know, even Matthew Stafford will throw touchdowns to Kendall Blanton. Um, it's like once Mercedes Lewis fumbled, he didn't want to trust anyone else. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I feel like that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Oh, well, well, they're not the team that one, we're not going to Lambeau. We get to play the fucking 49ers again. Uh, we sat here a few weeks ago and said that we were never going to beat this team again. And we hope we don't see them for a long time and less than a month later. Here we are. Playing the fucking 49ers again. Uh, 
the Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't thrown a touchdown in the playoffs. Last week, he went 11 of 19 for 131 yards, no touchdowns, one interception, sacked four times, had an 11.9 QBR in a victory. Uh, <laughs> he's he's four and one overall in the playoffs. He's never lost to an NFC team in the playoffs. Um, I, I don't. It's we like we could sit here and break down the matchup, but what's there to break down, man? We played this team twice. We know how they're going to beat us. We know how we could beat them. Uh, they are going to run the ball down our fucking throats all game because their quarterback is not good and is a liability. And if we can just do our thing on offense and contain the run uh, and not let Debo Samuel have 300 yards. Like we, the recipe is there to win and we are very close to executing it in week 18 and they just blew it in the game. You know, you, if you're a glass half full kind of guy, you could say the game didn't matter that much to us. um, And ultimately might've ended up benefiting us because it was a way to get green Bay out of the playoffs but at the same time, now we have to play this team again. It, it was a double-edged sword either way. But I don't know, man. We, we can sit here and talk X's and O's if we want. But it's like it's just like, how do you feel right now? Like, how do you feel going into another matchup against a team that's beating us six times in a row, this time in the NFC Championship? Uh, you know, it, it would be it would be tough to say that um, I'm 100% confident that the Rams could beat the 49ers in this game. But I'm 100% confident that the Rams could beat the 49ers in this game. And, and the reason being is because last the last game, the Rams should have won. The writing was on the wall there. Now, in the end, 49ers got the W, so that doesn't matter. But that's the whole point. The formula is there, as you said. The execution can easily be there. And the fact that we saw that we've witnessed the team at times um, emerge as a much better team than what we saw in the week 18 performance. I think that that's a recipe for success. And I'll be damned if this team loses to the 49ers for a third time in one season, you know? <laughs> so for me, I think that the Rams are going to win this game. And I don't, I, I, I can't say that they're going to dominate. I'd love to say it, but I can't. Um, but I do think that the Rams have put themselves in a position to where that this could be a, a very, very winnable game. Yeah, man, it feels like this was meant to happen. I mean, I don't know. As stupid as it sounds, you know, we we lose to this team twice this year. We can't beat them. We're all sitting there having absolutely no faith that we could ever beat this team again. I don't want to see them in the playoffs. Some people were like, yeah, I'd rather go through them than run away from them. And I was like, nah, just let somebody else uh, play us. But here we are, man. It's like the stars aligned. We let this team into the playoffs. We couldn't beat them. And then we got to take the hardest road. We go through a division rival in the first round. We vanquish our Tom Brady demons in the second round. And they're waiting for us again. You know, they take care of the Cowboys. They take care of the Packers. Here we are, the two best teams in the NFC West facing off again. It's just like destiny, man. And 
as much as my brain is telling me that we can't beat this team because they just have our number, we're going to fucking beat this team. We're going to walk into SoFi no matter what the split of fans is, no matter how many red red shirts are in the crowd, and we're going to win. I feel good about it. We're the better team. Their quarterback sucks. Uh, we have a good quarterback. If he doesn't throw three interceptions and the Rams can take care of the ball in this game, if they win the turnover battle, I have absolute confidence they're going to win this game. I, th- I don't think Sean McVay is going to lose the seventh time to Kyle Shanahan in a row. I just, I just don't think it's going to happen because uh, I don't know what I'm going to do if it does. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Um, it'll, uh, one thing I have to say is this – this matchup alone right here proves not that anyone really challenged this notion, but uh, it proves that the NFC West was the best division of football. Oh yeah. Uh, not even close. With, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, the Rams moved past the Arizona Cardinals who, I mean, unfortunately they kind of fell off the face of the earth, but um, beyond that, the 49ers and the Rams are both representing the NFC West here. That, I mean, how freaking incredible is that, that these three teams were in the playoffs and now it's down to two teams from the NFC West. Got to give a shout out to the NFC West for being the best division in football. Yep. Break it, break them up. Uh, Let's, let's bust this monopoly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wouldn't have it any other way, man. Uh, but it's like, like the look stuff to look out for with them. Uh, Debo's banged up. It seems like he's going to play. Um, Trent Williams and Jeff Wilson both have ankle sprains. They haven't said how severe Trent Williams is. Uh, if it's a high ankle sprain, there's a chance he doesn't play. But I feel like he's going to be out there. He's been waiting for this game his entire career. But I don't know, man. We're just we're a better team. Uh, they have a great defense. It's going to take some doing for us to to put some work in on them. But I, I believe we can do it. And I just our defense is playing the best football they have played all year. And I I do believe that we can stop the run. And if we can stop the run, uh, we can just stop them from drowning us down on the ground the entire game. They have good pass catchers, but we could handle this quarterback. And if the pass rush is playing well and getting to Jimmy and rattling him. He's not going to fucking win the game. We we get up early in this game, even though we blew it last time when we got up early. Uh, I think we're going to win. I, I truly do. Uh, I, I got a 27-23 victory, Rams, sending them to the Super Bowl in this game, and I feel good that we're going to happen. I don't know how. Maybe I'm just doing a lot of mental gymnastics right now, but I just feel like we're such a better team. I'm going to say a 30-23 to victory. Um, I, I think that the Rams prove that they're that they're worthy of being in the Super Bowl, and uh, they finally go over that last hurdle that's in their way, and that's Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco Forty ers Yep, we got through Brady. We got to get through him. Stafford was sacked five times the last time we played them. Uh, the line was a huge contributing factor to that loss. I think it went line and then coaching was what we said. Are you confident that they could hold him? Defense, can you hold this defense, hold this pass rush? I think so. I, I think that um, I think Sean McVay 
As frustrated as I get with McVay's play calling from time to time, one thing I will say is he does good adjustments when it comes to um, week-to-week performances. And I think we've seen that in, in these playoff games alone. So um, I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and say that the offensive line will be flawless, but I do think that McVay will have a game plan plan going to uh you know kind of protect Stafford a little bit better yeah Jimmy can't keep getting away with this man he can't keep getting away with it (laughs) I've never seen a team carry a quarterback so much in his last four starts he's had zero touchdowns one interception zero touchdowns one interception one touchdown two interceptions one touchdown two interceptions it's nuts. It's absolutely insane. He's he's a modern day Tim Tebow. <laughs> he, all he does is win. I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it. Um, God, man, I don't know what we're gonna do coming on the spot if we lose. Uh, just I can't take another Forty ers loss. I can't do I, it. I I may call in sick. I I may I may not come on the pod. I just. I don't know if I could do it. Nah, I'd probably come on the pod. But still, uh, I'm going to be extremely pissed off. Um, yeah. I, I, let, let's hope for better days. Do, do quick yes or no. Do you think the season is a failure if we lose this week? Yes. Yeah, agreed. And if it I, was Green Bay, I don't know if I would say that. But it's San Francisco. Yeah, it's a fucking failure if we lose. Exactly. And to tell you the truth... The whole, the whole point of this season was to get to the Super Bowl and bring bring home the the Lombardi Trophy, and uh, yeah, if it's all the same to to the Rams, let's let, let's just go ahead and do that. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, listen, if we get to the Super Bowl and lose to the Chiefs, I'm not going to sit here and say the season was a complete failure. At no failure. level would it be. Uh, that's what your goal is. You know, you want to win the Super Bowl, but. If you lose in the Super Bowl to a team that you were basically striving to become, be on their level, it is what it is. But you can't lose the 49ers again. You you can't fucking do it. What if you lose to the Bengals in the Super Bowl? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, man. Man, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with them this week, but Joe Burrow's on a rookie contract. Their two stud receivers are on rookie contracts. That team's going to be good for a little bit. They're going to be in the mix for the next couple of years. No no doubt about it. Uh, shout out to Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow. Man, they're, they're doing something special up there. Uh, any other thoughts before, before we go? Oh, I got to throw this out. Um, if you want to know who Sean Payton's rooting for in the playoffs, he said he's rooting against the Rams because they're the reason Shocker. he didn't make the playoffs. Sean Payton, did I say something different? No, I said shocker. Oh, shocker. Uh, yeah, he's rooting against the Rams in the playoffs because they're the reason he didn't make it. So in just one last act as head coach of the Saints, not taking responsibility for his own actions, he says the Rams are the reason he didn't make the playoffs, not because he uh, coached a bad team and only won nine games despite a cakewalk schedule. Uh, he leaves the Saints with a $74 million over the cap. Uh, and a legacy of being the only head coach to ever be suspended by the league. Uh, good riddance. 
and he'll probably have a movie made about his life starring Kevin James that gets a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. Cough coward. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean... <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Cough Why coward. would you stay? Why would you stay and try and figure it out? Because you don't have to. You don't have nope. to. And somebody's going to pay him $10 million a year to coach their team. But you know who else runs? Who? Cowards. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, God there help a us. Correlation there. God help us all if we don't win this week, man. Uh, I can tell you there are a lot of people that are just dying and just absolutely biting at the bit to roast me if if the Rams do not advance, especially a lot of 49er friends that I have. I, In fact, I have an aunt coming over to watch the game with us who is a 49er fan. She'll be the first one to roast me, so uh, let's let's not do that. Yeah, man, that would be tough. Hey, before we go, if you got tickets to sell, Johnny's in the market, so hit up our guy. I I am, and uh, uh, I, I if you have it for uh, for a you know Rams talk discount, um, <laughs> I, I'd be very grateful because uh, unfortunately I cannot afford six hundred cheap seat. I yeah, just, it's yeah hurts my wallet just thinking about it. Yeah, listen, there's been a a lot of talk about selling tickets to Rams fans or just going to the game, and I hope everyone does that. Uh, But if a 49er fan called me and offered me like $3,000 for my seat, uh, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm letting one of them in the building. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair, actually. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I, I, I have faith we'll get some Rams fans in the game. I listen, the 49ers fans travel well. They're going to have a lot of fans there, but we just got to be loud as well. Hope for the best. And hopefully we'll be back next week after a win to talk about the upcoming Super Bowl. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Superbear at Johnny five, not six at talk Rams. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking. that We're going to see him soon. You feel me? It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com